From interviews and investing to careers and credit, we've got you covered. Wallet Watch is a podcast brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. We'll be interviewing industry experts, sharing personal stories, and even playing some fun games, delivering financial topics in an enjoyable and interesting way. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica. And I'm Amanda. We're so glad you're here. Hey, Jess. Hey, Amanda. How are you today? Good. I'm really excited to be back creating another episode of Wallet Watch. Yes. Hello to all of our Wallet Watch listeners. We're adding another episode onto our season eight that has the theme of growth and purpose. And I'm really excited about this topic that we're covering today because it's a really popular one that has definitely changed in the last few years. And we are in the studio with some very special guests today. And the topics that we're going to cover, I think, are going to be very relatable to our listeners. We're going to spend a lot of time today talking about the job process, from the application to the interview to negotiations, if you receive an offer. And then we're also going to get some insight on you know, once you start that position, what's the onboarding, the welcoming process, and learn really how to find a career with an employer that matches your values. Before we jump in with our guest today, I want to share some statistics that Jessica actually sent to me, and I found them really interesting. According to the Pew Research Center, About 4 million Americans have switched jobs on average each month from January to March of 2022. So this translates into an annual turnover of 30% of workers, so nearly 50 million, if we're assuming that no workers change jobs more than once in a year. Yeah, and about a third, 34% of workers who left a job from January to March of 2022 either voluntarily or involuntarily left, and they were with a new employer in the following month, which to think about is mind-blowing. It really is. We recognize that the job market and finding jobs and applying for jobs and networking for jobs has shifted and changed, and so we have a few individuals that we're excited to talk to here in a moment about what that looks like, what the changes are, and we're hoping to get some really great insights and tips for any of our listeners out there that are looking for a new job or they wanting a change or they want to make that career change. Or even if they want to recreate themselves in their current role or position. We want to welcome Anna and Mark with us today in the studio. Anna is a talent acquisition specialist with MSU Federal Credit Union, and Mark is a learning and development specialist with MSU Federal Credit Union. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Glad to be here. Thank you for having us. Yes. Absolutely. We're excited to have you today. 
We are really excited to tap into the knowledge and the expertise that both of you have through your careers here at MSU FCU and really excited about the topic because it's one that has been changing and evolving over the last few years. And we're excited to give our listeners some insight and some ideas if they are going through some of these things. A lot of people are right now. Anna, we really want to start with you thinking about this word, the great resignation. We're hearing it a lot. We've seen it. We've seen other versions of this word as well. And it seems that it's not going away at the moment. In this time where there are many people who are searching for new jobs or changing careers or even just changing different companies, what changes have you seen in networking and recruiting? Yeah, thank you so much for asking that. I, I definitely agree. Change is really the only constant in life. And I think that this great resignation is is kind of the new normal. I think we've always, the past few years, have said, well, when things go back to normal. And I think we need to think about uh, recruiting and employment in, in new ways. So there's so many different things that have changed, uh, really from both the employee or, or I guess, candidate expectations, as well as the employer side. So I think about it in two different ways, right? So if you are someone out there looking for a new position, you know, keeping those, the, the fast changing mindset in mind, there's so many different opportunities for you to really think about and consider your options, right? There's, there's things like remote work, hybrid work, really thinking about what you want in life um, because you're in the driver's seat right now. I just think you have such a great opportunity to Yes, focus on your career, but focus on your well-being, on what you're going to do. Is it going to make you happy? The, the employer that you want to select, are they ones that you really feel like bring value to what you do every day? I love what I get to do here at MSU Federal Credit Union. I feel like I get to serve a purpose and give back to the community by making sure that we have the best talent here. And things that people can do, you know, think about those virtual events. Those are really big these past two years. but. The great thing about, again, our new normal, in-person events are coming back. So don't forget about those. Those are really important to make sure that, that you are well-connected in your community, as well as those online events. Things are moving fast. We need to make sure that you are in the, in the know of what's happening. I think, again, another thing that's been happening these past few years is businesses are changing how we operate and how we move yeah. forward. So there's so many new positions that are out there mm -hmm. that, were, that weren't around three years ago or more. So how do you learn and adapt? So staying in tune with those events, with your networks, I think is so important. And your actual physical networks, the people that you know, they know of things going on in their pockets of networks and their employers to be able to share opportunities. So just from that side, but also from the employer side, we have to think about how we reach up to candidates differently now. We can't just think about where we post jobs, but how we get out there. I'm very fortunate here at MSU Federal Credit Union that we really think about recruiting as a community effort. It doesn't just sit on TA's shoulders. So we have a really great referral program. We have executives and leaders and employees here at the credit union that really are passionate about finding talent and finding the right spot for these individuals. And so I just really appreciate that partnership. And it's my job, as well as the rest of TAs, to really hone that in and find where that person can bring the best value. I have to agree. I think we are in a space in, the, in our world that our new norm is just 
this is the new way of life, right? Do we really want things to go back to the way that they always were? Because listening to you talk about growth and development just in the aspect of people looking for jobs or people changing careers, it sounds like we've grown and evolved to a new place that is accepting and welcoming of new positions and finding an employer that kind of maybe aligns with your values and things that you support. So do we really want to go back? Probably not. But it does bring up a question that I have for you, Anna. With so many people searching for jobs nowadays, what advice would you give somebody to stand out during their application or maybe the interview process if they're one of the individuals that are looking to change jobs. And can I add to that just too? you were talking about events virtually and in person for recruiting. Are there tips for that too of how you can stand out with those events as well? Yeah, great questions. So I'll start out through like the application interview process and then we'll talk about those events. So the application process, I know this probably goes back to what we've always thought about and sometimes can get to the nitty gritty, but making sure that we're applying to the position. I think the easy route is throwing your application, throwing your resume out there to so many different positions. And then when we look at it and compare it to the job description, does it really match? Are you using those keywords that we're looking for, those skill sets that we need as talent acquisition specialists that we are looking for those, those minimum qualifications? So really taking the time, you know, if it's a position, that you feel that you would be a good match for, taking the time to cater your resume to that, that job description to really make you stand out that you are going to be the best person for that role. Follow-up is also a great thing. I think that's one of those, those small things that sometimes people forget to do, you know, whether that's actually following up after an application, you know, hey, what's the status? I'd love to learn more. Or after an interview, thank you so much. You know, I love learning. I can't wait to hear about next steps. Some of those small touches can really just, you know, help that experience and really show how committed you are to the role. Being mindful of the amount of applications. Again, sometimes it's easy to just want to just spread the love, right? <laughs> you just want to make sure that, hey, I just want to get into MSU Federal Credit Union, so I'm going to apply to everything, which sometimes it might sound right, like the right idea. And sometimes, you know, it might confuse us on that end of what are you really truly interested in? So we want to make sure that you're really taking time to apply to the position that you are most passionate about. And then as far as interview process, I think one thing that can also stand out is really focusing on your time management. For those people who may be maybe a little bit more introverted, getting yourself out there and really taking time to explain and provide detail and having more of a conversation instead of maybe just trying to get the, the minimum answer out at, at that time. Um, using that full time that you have with that hiring manager or whoever you're meeting with is so vital. Or if you're maybe more extroverted, maybe honing in a little bit more so that way your one hour interview doesn't go into two hours, right? Or not being able to get to certain topics that, that the hiring manager really wanted to. I always think of it from the point of view of, hey, this person is taking time out of their day to meet with me. You know, don't ever get worried about the title, whoever's meeting with you. Like I always think of it as a compliment. Like I'm sure they have a busy schedule and they're taking time out of their day to meet with me. This is a huge mm -hmm. compliment to me. So I think those are just, it's just some quick tidbits of like what you can do throughout that process. And then as far as, you know, you mentioned events, Amanda, things that you can do to stand out is take the time to study your employers that are going to be there. Usually those events that you register for, or even, you know, see, maybe you're looking on social, 
and you see a campaign for something, usually the, the sponsors for, for that event is gonna be on that logo or relatively on the website somewhere. So take some time to study those employers. You know, invest in, you know, so that way when you walk up to someone and say, well, tell me all about MSU Federal Credit Union. I'm not quite sure what they do, but I want a job. <laughs> so that's not always a good selling point. So take about, uh, you know, just a few minutes to look at, you know, what are, what is that employer's values? What do they do? What's their mission? To the core of really how that relates to you and then you can share about yourself. So I would say those are probably some, really some things that, that maybe sometimes people underestimate the value of what you can do to help yourself stand out. Sure, absolutely. I have referred a lot of people to come and apply at MSUFCU just because it is a great company to work for. And that is one thing, one piece of advice that I give is go on our website, our values, our mission, what we stand for, what we support, learn about what we do in the community. I was like, I always tell individuals like that is going to give you a stronger interview because I think that's about any company or any position. I mean, you can't go into the interview and say, okay, so tell me about what you do because they're going to be like, all right, next, you know, because you have to invest in them just as you want them to invest in you. And that's right. what it, that kind of sounds like, Anna, of you know, the advice that you have for somebody who's interested in that. Yeah. And I thought the point that you made about reviewing the job description, I think it goes right along with what you're saying about reviewing the company. You know, employers are saying, this is exactly what we want. This is what our company represents. And that's such an easy jumping point for you as the candidate to say, oh, I'm just going to like, anytime I have an employee that is applying for a job, um, before they submit their application, I say go back to the job description and make sure that you're reviewing the pieces that are in there and make sure that that aligns with what is in your cover letter and things like that. And again, the company's like core values and so forth, um, it just gives you the pieces that they want to hear. And when an employer sees that you're reflected in all of that, I think it makes it an easy choice. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You can, you can definitely tell, you know, mm. when someone takes their time and, you know, they're referencing things about the employer or on the other end when, you know, they might ask questions like, so what does this position do? So that, that can be a red flag to people because, you know, although sometimes job descriptions can get lengthy, they're, you know, they're there for a reason. We want to be upfront and honest and transparent about the role. So, so really taking time to read, review, and, and really be a part of the process. Love all of those tips for our listeners. Say we're on this journey of finding a job and you get the interview and you went to the recruiting event and now you have an offer. Yay. And I think everyone wants to make more money and a lot of people are motivated to find a new job to earn more income. Can you give our listeners any tips of things that are good to do to negotiate offers and maybe some things that are don't do this yeah. too. Negotiating. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, negotiating is, is, is a hard topic, right? Because, you know, you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you, but I think negotiating is important. Now let's be honest from the employer side, it is not our intention to lowball people. We want to make sure that when we come to an offer, we want to make sure that we are assessing your skill set and the value that you can bring to the role as comparison is to the expectations of the role, right? So, so our intention is never to go into thinking, oh gosh, let's start here. So that way we have room to negotiate, right? We want to make sure that we come in with that offer, but 
let's let's also be open to, you know, this person may want to negotiate and that's okay. I, I am always an advocate for individuals to negotiate, especially, uh, I, I know there's statistics out there about maybe um, specific genders or minorities who tend to not negotiate. So I am always an advocate for individuals who who should, and, and I'm, to be quite honest and surprised sometimes that, that maybe sometimes people don't, but maybe also that speaks to our great offers that we have here too. So <laughs> I'll take that. But some things that I would suggest as far as tips when you negotiate. First off, if it is the salary that you want to negotiate, make sure you have some ground to stand on, right? So coming forward and say, you know, I really feel like you offered me this amount, but I'm asking for this amount now because of X, Y, Z. I think a lot of times individuals might say, well, I want this amount now because I just want more money. I know they're not going to tell me that, but sometimes they don't have the reasons why. And I think it's so valuable when I go back to the hiring manager to say, hey, they're asking for more and this is why, and this is where, how the hiring manager can maybe take that understanding and be a little bit more open versus, hey, they want to jump a little bit because now they're just asking for more. They didn't really want to share why. So it really does get a little bit more buy-in to the hiring manager when you do have those reasons for whatever, you know, if that's experience or outside perspectives that you can bring to the role that we might be lacking in the department or in like the, the future state of the team. Another thing that I also encourage my friends or people that come to me about negotiating are those things that are outside of salary that I think so many times people forget to think that you can negotiate you know, don't forget about your well-being, right? And that's such a huge part of the overall compensation package. Yes, salary is important. We all need to make a living. We all need to, you know, provide for ourselves and maybe our loved ones, right? But also, what can you do to keep yourself happy in the role? So is that PT extra PTO time? Maybe you have some upcoming plans that, that you may need some PTO time for. Or maybe it's negotiating the work arrangement. You know, maybe you really want to work a hybrid schedule. Can that position offer that or remote? Or you really want to be on site. I love being on site. So that's something that I think every individual over the past few years has really thought more about. I think, you know, having certain options are great for different lifestyles. And, you know, going ahead and asking that. You may also learn throughout through the interview process, but maybe bringing it back on the table to say, you know, I would really love this position. But in order for me to do my best, I would love to have the opportunity to work in this capacity. So there are some things outside of salary that I would encourage people to think about that you can ask for. You know, the worst thing that employers will say is no. They're never going to say, sorry, Jessica, we're going to pull back that offer now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, there's so many different ways that employers can come back with those responses. So I would definitely encourage, but again, make sure that when you do come back to negotiate, have have terms, have have a ground to stand on. So that way, you know, you do have a sounding voice when you want to ask for more. Sure. No, I think that's great advice. Because like you said, I mean, just to walk in and be like, well, I'd like to make more because I'd like to make more. <laughs> Wouldn't the entire world <laughs> yeah. coming in and saying, you know, I would like to earn this amount due to this reason, this reason, this reason. And then like you said, you have that capacity to go back, talk to that hiring manager, say, hey, I've interviewed with them a couple of times. I think they could bring this to the table and we could grow in this area of the department. They're more apt to go, yeah, let's have them come aboard. Mm -hmm. You know, does 
a little bit of a difference in salary from what we offered them and what they're looking for. You know, do we want to lose this candidate? Mm-hmm. And I, I think too, it, it takes a lot of practice. I feel like practicing those conversations, like you would practice your interview of how to advocate and really say, these are the things that I do well, that I excel at, that I can bring to it. I feel like that might be why a lot of people don't tend yeah. to negotiate because yeah. they, they are not comfortable talking about themselves that way. For sure. I think it's finding that perfect level of bringing forth your confidence, but not getting too far into that cockiness, right? Yeah. Yes. So being confident, you know, believing in yourself, you know that you can do the job. So coming forth and showing your value, I think is so important. Something I tell a lot of people to do is like create a list, like a working document of your accomplishments. It could be personal and professional, but when you need those, like when you're going into an interview and you need to remember your value and your worth and what you're bringing to a position, being able to say like, hey, you know what? I am worth this, you know? Like it's just, it's that grounded reminder of, you know, the value that you have and the things that you've done and the experience that you bring. So yeah, I love that. I often tell, I, I talk, I talk a lot with students and mm. I recommend that too to students. I call it a lot of times the cheat sheet because yeah. <laughs> I said, there's no rules against that. You can totally bring notes to help you remember specific scenarios or projects that you've worked on. So yeah, it's definitely important to bring that, you know, throughout the entire process to help you motivate it and help you feel confident about the process. On For that sure. note, We did want to recognize that Mark was the Crystal Award winner this year at MSU Federal Credit Union. And I think that just adds to the expertise that you bring from your position as well, having that award on your accomplishment list. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I definitely don't shy away from celebrating myself, which, you know, again, it, it can sound like you're bragging almost, but I think with the right tone, you know, you think bragging is like, oh, well, I did this and I'm proving myself. And there's kind of a certain mentality around that. But when you're celebrating, it's from a place of authenticity and positivity. And no one's ever going to know what you do. No one's going to celebrate you unless you celebrate yourself sometimes. So I'm very much about that. Like you need to give yourself a pat on the shoulder sometimes and recognize the value that you bring because a lot of times other people won't. And I think we all want to be celebrated and feel good about what we do. So Thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, it was a huge honor. I love that piece of advice because I think it needs to happen more, Mark. I think so many people are afraid to celebrate the things that they're accomplishing or that they're doing in life because they are afraid of that feeling of coming off as bragging and stuff. And I think, like you said, if you do it in the manner where you're like, if I can't celebrate myself, how do people know the amazing things that I have going on? It's definitely a way to be able to do it because it brings back that positivity. It brings back that, you know, when you feel good and you're accomplishing things in life, you see that in your home life, you see Mm -hmm. it in your work life. And I think it's a good segue because, you know, Mark, we wanted to bring you on this podcast today along with Anna's because we really wanted to get the perspective from HR and we really wanted to get the perspective from someone who works with the new employees that these wonderful mm-hmm. HR department yeah. hires. Right. And so one of our first questions for you is part of your expertise at MSUFCU is onboarding. So you get to work with all the new hires. You really are their first touch point when they come to MSU Federal Credit Union. So 
what are some of the things that you do to kind of cultivate that positive work environment for those new employees? Totally. Yeah, it is an amazing position to be in to welcome every new hire to the organization. Honestly, it brings me so much pride and joy to be able to do it because when you come into a new organization, you're feeling nervous, you're wondering about your abilities, you have imposter syndrome, you're wondering if this was the right change for you. So there's a lot of sometimes negative or nervous feelings that are taking place in a new hire's mindset. And I love being part of the, like, it's going to be okay. You know, you're going to be great. We're going to set you up for success. So it's so fun to do the work that I do. And I think positivity is super important when you're in a new employer, because a lot of people come from really negative, toxic work environments. Like raise your hand if you've been at a toxic environment. Yeah. Everybody in the room (laughs) is raising their hand. So, um, yeah, it's like, you don't want to be in those types of environments. So I think it's really essential to show people like, this is going to be a good place. We're going to be positive here. In one of MSUFCU's core values is build a positive environment. So we really have to live that. So in terms of how do we create that for new hires, I think part of positivity is authenticity because otherwise you have toxic positivity. And if you're not familiar with toxic positivity, it's kind of like fake positivity. We're all trying to be positive all the time because that's kind of what's expected sometimes in professional environments. And I think positivity has to be sincere. So I really focus on being authentic with new hires because I don't want to show up and be like trainer Barbie, you know, like, hi, we're all happy here. It's going to be great, you know, because that can be a little off-putting, right? So at my last employer, I had a new employee pull me aside one time. He was a queer individual like myself. And he said, you know, I just want to thank you so much for being you and showing up authentically. And at first I was like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just doing my thing, you know? And he was like, no, just being authentic about yourself and, you know, talking about your life and your your fullness of self is really important and it makes other people feel comfortable. And I was talking with a couple of new hires here at the credit union at MSUFCU and an individual shared with me that He was really nervous starting at the credit union because he uh, was going through a divorce and he didn't know how that would look to other people and uh, if it would be okay to talk about. And he shared that because of the way that we kind of created an authentic environment, he felt more comfortable to share about the divorce he was going through. And if you're starting a new job and you're going through a divorce, like that's a lot and you need to be able to share. Yeah, it's a lot of change. And that is a really hard thing to go through. So... I think just authenticity, me being myself, you know, I am a man and I paint my nails and I wear a fake tan and I have blonde hair and, you know, I just, and I have a boyfriend that I talk about and my cat, pretty boy. And I think just being real, you know, is what people want in the workplace. We don't want to come and feel fake and um, disingenuous. So I've had new employees in their first week dye their hair blue because they thought, oh, I can't have different color hair here. And then they're like, oh, I can. So now I'm going to go and get it done type of thing. So I think those things are just kind of, they help put people at ease. I think authenticity is great in and of itself. But if you just think about what it creates for learning and working, if you don't have to worry about who you are, 
then you can worry more about the work that I'm doing and the learning that's supposed to be taking place. So when you can remove that initial like, oh, am I am I going to fit in all the, those different types of thoughts that are swirling around, then it just helps you to show up and work and learn and just do everything a little bit with more ease. So something else I wanted to add to in terms of building positivity is we try to create multiple exposures within the credit union to other individuals. So I think individuals, if you're listening to this, you should expect your employer to have authenticity and to help you build relationships across your organization. So in our first week of training, new employees get to meet with a panel of other employees across the credit union that they can ask questions of. They meet with some of the executive team members. When we take tours, I just find random people in the hallway and I say, introduce yourself. So, you know, we just try to create those connection points and everything. And I think the more you can just get exposure in your first few weeks, again, the more comfort that creates for a new person because you're you're feeling like you have relationships and everything. Yeah, Mark, when you bring the new hires over into HR, it is so much fun because you can just see the positive energy. Everyone's smiling, everyone's having a great time. And then for me, it's so exciting to say, hey, I hired that right. person, how are you doing? How are you enjoying? And, you know, it's always, oh my goodness, we're having a blast. We're learning so much. So it's, it's just so heartwarming to know that when we bring someone into the credit union, when we hire them, we, we have full faith and full trust in our learning and development team and with Mark to know that these individuals are going to be set up for success and they're going to be treated, you know, just like they have always been employees at the credit yeah. union. So I just, I love watching employees go through that, that tour that sometimes I think employees can think, oh, it's just a tour, but you know, it's so important to get out and go see people and, and make those connections. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so fun bringing folks around and it's so much, it's so nice having that trust between like HR and then learning and development when they're doing training. And then we really focus on creating relationships with the employees departments too, because we want it to be a seamless experience. So I think that's something else if you're starting a new job. You should be able to expect that the training is consistent, it's seamless, you know, there's communication that's happening across all the different areas. And if you're not getting that, find a better, you know, employer, I guess. So um, I just feel like, like you mentioned earlier, Anna, individuals have more leverage in the workforce because there are so many open positions and employers really need talent. So you have leverage, you have power in that whole experience. So take advantage of it, I would say. Earlier, Anna, you were talking about focusing on positions that will create that well-being that you're looking for and looking for those types of positions and those types of companies. Once you've found that, as an employee, how do you engage in the work culture? Like I know MSU, FSU, and many other companies where some employees are remote, some are hybrid, some are on-site. How are you seeing changes to have everyone engage in the work culture? Yeah, that's a huge challenge right now for probably almost every employer is managing a hybrid workforce because prior to the pandemic, as you all know, MSU Federal Credit Union was a fully on-site organization. I think we had one interior designer who worked remote sometimes. Um, now that we're all hybrid and we have fo folks that work in all parts of the country, in Florida and Maryland and so forth, we're really trying to navigate that and make it a good experience for everyone. 
So one thing that we're really trying to focus on is getting feedback from our employees, no matter what approach we take. So we have a training program that we've done for onboarding that has been fully on-site. We've done training that's been fully remote. And then we've done some hybrid uh, trainings as well. And we just try to take inventory of what that experience was like with folks. And we get a lot of positive feedback any which way. So that tells us a lot of good things, but we're really intentional about what that experience is gonna look like. So we try to design a training program that will be social, will be fun, will be engaging, regardless of the experience that an individual is having. So I think employees should be able to expect that fun, that engagement, that integration to the culture, no matter the experience that they're having. When we do come on site, if we are having individuals come on site, we try to make it really fun and exciting. So I was sitting in a presentation last week with Gallup, who obviously they're a renowned research company. And uh, the speaker was saying that in the research they've done, it's really essential that if you're gonna have people come on site, you make it like fun and exciting. So if you think about a party that you've gone to and like the people were lame and the food sucked and all that type of stuff, uh, you didn't wanna be there, right? But if you think about maybe, you know, you've just come home from a long trip and you are at the airport waiting for your family and they come rushing towards you and you're so excited to see them and catch up and all those types of things, that's what coming into work should feel like. So if you're gonna come on site, like make it fun, make it exciting, you know, make it engaging. For individuals that we have working fully remote, uh, we've done a lot of things to still make the experience fun. So we try to build relationships. I mentioned relationship building earlier. So we still have a lot of touch points that we try to build in with executive team members and with other employees across the organization just because that's a huge part of what culture is, is the people. I think some, some pieces just to uh, engage with other people is really essential. If you're starting at a company and they're not doing any training with you or they're sitting you down at a computer and saying like, yeah, like get to work, then that's not good. You need to have a good onboarding experience and a good integration into the organization. And if that's not being provided, I think that you, you know, need to evaluate what that choice was and everything. I like this too because going back to authenticity, when you come in and you have that really inviting onboarding experience, then you can get into your role, feel comfortable to then continue to grow and be successful. And I think that goes with one of the themes that we're working on in this season is growth and purpose and being able to find your purpose within the role that you're coming in to do for your job every day. But then how can you expand that purpose outside of that role in that company too? Do you have any insider tips on that? Yeah, I. a lot of folks say that they feel like their work self is very different from their out of work self. And that kills me a little bit when I hear people say that because I feel like you should be able to have integration. The word integrity is about having all pieces sort of align into one thing. And if you're out of integrity, you're sort of living in duplicity, right? You have to be one person here and another person here, and that's exhausting. You know, you want your full self to be able to show up in all spaces that you're a part of. So I think every individual needs to take time to self-reflect and consider what their core values are and what their strengths are. And there's a lot of ways you can do that. You know, you can journal, you can take self-reflection or self-inventory types of assessments. 
When the pandemic started, there was a course that was being offered through Yale. It was called the Science of Wellbeing, if some of you might be familiar. And as part of it, the professor, Dr. Lori Santos, has individuals consider common myths about happiness and then what it actually takes to be happy. And one of the things that it actually takes to be happy is to feel like you're living your purpose. So the qualities that you have are matching what you're doing every single day. And as part of that, you take a self-assessment. It's through, I have, maybe we can throw a link in the description, but it's viacharacter.org. It's a free assessment folks can take to learn about their individual strengths. And then you practice applying those every single day. And that can be in personal life and professional life. So I think knowing who you are and what you do best and seeing where you apply that every day, both in and out of work, is really important because, yeah, you should be able to feel like the work that you do aligns with your personal uh, mission and values. A hundred percent. And I think that speaks to, in one of our previous episodes, we did a DEI spotlight and we talked a lot about psychological safety and what that means in the workplace and stuff. And I think listening to you and Anna talk today, it really speaks to the validity of how important Mm -hmm. psychological safety is at MSU Federal Credit Union, how it's embodied from the HR standpoint of the hiring process. It's welcomed and, you know, made a point during the onboarding process. And then it's brought into positions and departments and everything else. I think that's such an important point to make. I think psychological safety is so essential to feel every day at work. And finding an employer where you can feel psychological safety is so important. That means when you're coming to work, again, you can be yourself. You feel like the people around you are supportive and that they want your best interest in mind, that there's not this sense of competition or toxicity. So again, just having so much leverage in the workplace now with the great resignation and a lot of job opportunities available, finding somewhere that matches the psychological safety needs that you have is so crucial because you want to feel good every day. Yeah. And I think the challenge of that is, well, how do I find that? Right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I think you can talk with people and they're going to say, I love working here, but do they really love that? Or are they just saying that to get you there? I think there's always that question in the air, right? And don't forget that interview process. It's a two-way interview. So ask those questions, you know, see who's in those interview panels to say, what are the interactions like, you know, what do you like to do outside of work? That's always a question you can ask, you know, what kind of team building events do you do and, and how do you collaborate to really dive into that culture, dive into how these employers are working with their employees to help them feel safe, feel like they can be their true self in these positions. An interview should feel fun and it should feel good. You know, I've had individuals say about the interviews that they've had with you and other members of your team, Anna, that it was the best interview they ever had. I felt so comfortable. It just felt like a conversation. And that's how I feel an interview should feel. It shouldn't feel, you know, anxious or contentious or like you're grimacing and things like that. It should feel conversational because then you're going to get a real sense of who that employer is and they're going to get a realer sense of who you are and I think that's just 
so nice to have. And then again, you can assess that psychological safety. So. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I love that. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I think interviews really should be a conversation. I don't like the fact that, okay, we have a printed piece of paper with questions on it. We're not going to just yeah, go line through right. line. You know, we really want to learn who are you and, and what value can you bring and what can we, you know, what can we share with you, you know, making it a conversation and making it, you know, as transparent as possible. It's, it's not my, you know, goal to, you know, all of a sudden bait and switch, right? All of a sudden we, sure. we sell you one thing and all of a sudden you see something else. So it really is, it's a relationship that you're building through that interview process that sometimes I think we forget about because we get too nervous about the actual process. So yeah, I think you made a lot of really good points, Mark. Yeah. And I, I love what you said too, just about the mindset of going into an interview that you have power just as much as the employer does. So you need to assess them just as much as they're assessing you. And that can make you feel a little bit more relaxed, I think, honestly, when you go into an interview. Like, it's not just them watching me. I'm watching them, too, you know. <laughs> so it can make you feel a little bit more comfortable and yeah. confident. And, and let me let me share some secrets here, right? So a recruiter or a talent acquisition specialist, as we're going through resumes, we're looking for those who meet the minimum qualifications. So usually we go to a phone interview at that. If, and then if all goes well, we go to the hiring manager for that interview. We already know that you have the skill set to do the job, so we're not there drilling you on, you know, what are what do you actually know? We want to know at that point, are you going to be the right fit? Are you going to bring, you know, are you going to be able to fill the gaps of the team or the role that we're looking for? So don't go into interviews thinking, oh gosh, uh, I'm scared. You know, we already feel like, hey, this could be a potential. You know, bring that confidence with you and let let your new possible employer know that you can fill those voids and that way you can bring that team to the next level. So don't, don't always go into interviews thinking, oh gosh, you know, they're going to drill me. I'm not, I, I don't know if I'm going to be the right person for this. They, they already have confidence that you really could be. Yeah. And I think it's a good thing to think about as well as like, even if you were to meet like the minimum requirements of the position. Like, who are you? We want to get to know you. Mm -hmm. Are you somebody that's going to come into our organization, embody our mission and values and grow a career here? You know, because some stuff can be taught, right? Some stuff is who are you as a person? What do you bring to the table? computer stuff, stuff like that, that can all be taught. That can all totally. be learned, mm -hmm. you know? A lot of our executive team members with new employees have shared that they prioritize those core value types of skills over the technical skills. So if you're a good communicator, if you provide good service, if you're friendly and approachable, some of those things are more preferential over, like you said, some of those technical types of skills. So I think that's some something important to keep in mind as well. It's not always about, do you have the technical skills? Sometimes it's more about, are you a good person? Do you have good character? Yeah. Do you match the core values of this institution? And that's what sometimes I think recruiters are really looking for. Mark and Anna, thank you so much. This has been such a wonderful interview and I'm so happy as Amanda and I are sitting here and listening to you both talk about just interviews and it being more conversational because that's how Amanda and I feel exactly with our podcast. You know, we want our guests to be able to come in and sit down and have a conversation with us. And I feel like everything that we were able to talk about today, it was like we were sitting at a table drinking coffee and just chatting. So thank you both so much for your expertise, your insight, 
all of the advice that you've given our listeners today. Yes, I really enjoyed the conversation. I think this is going to be a really great episode for our listeners to listen to and get some actual tips and things that they can do to navigate the crazy, great resignation that's still happening. Totally. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thank you both so much for asking us to do this. It's a very important topic, obviously, to the both of us. So um, it's been fun. Yeah, it's been an honor. I love it. I can't wait to do it again. Thank you so much. And I always have to add in my shameless plug, if you are looking out there for a new position and you feel like MSU Federal Credit Union might be your next career choice, definitely check out our website at www.msufcu.org forward slash careers. We'd love to see your application. And And now now it's time time for for the the CU Spotlight. MSUFCU and OU Credit Union have many products and services for our members. We have multiple checking, savings, and loan options. Our checking accounts have what you need. Whether you prefer no minimum balance or earning dividends, we have the perfect account for you. You'll enjoy surcharge-free access to over 30,000 ATMs nationwide. Near or far, we are wherever you are. Our checking accounts also include access to free direct deposit, free bill payment, and free access to your credit score. From standard savings and money market accounts to certificates, we have a variety of dividend paying accounts to fit your needs. Our multiple loan options include personal loans, auto loans, mortgages, and multiple credit card offerings. From low interest rates to tiered benefits, we have the right product for you. If you'd like to find out more or become a member, please visit msufcu.org. Wallet to Watch is written, hosted, and produced by Amanda Khan and me, Jessica Rubio. Our executive producers are Ariana Saldana, Lauren Kalarzik, and Susie Elkins. Wallet Watch is brought to you by MSU Federal Credit Union and OU Credit Union. You can find more episodes of this podcast at our credit union's website, financial40.org, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in our next episode.